the incredible journey had ups and downs, twists and turns and injuries. It plays out like a movie, but I was able to fulfill a dream. Welcome to the House Flipping HQ podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of houses a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the House Flipping HQ podcast. Uh, this is Bill Allen, and I'm incredibly excited about our guest today. So last year at Flip Hacking Live, we uh, brought a speaker in. It was just one of the most incredible keynote speeches I've ever heard in my life. Made me laugh, made me cry. I tell people it made me a better father, a better business owner. Um, it just was an amazing keynote speech. And so obviously we had to bring him back this year to Flip Hacking Live. Um, we have been bringing on our guests over these past few weeks that we're having at Flip Hacking Live. And I have the honor to bring you guys on the podcast, Mr. Walter Bond. What's up, Walter? Bill Allen, what's up with you, man? Thanks for having me. And, um, you know, it's hard to say no to a nice guy like you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, you know, hey, we had you on at the at, out of the event last year, so a lot of our listeners were there, but a lot weren't. Um, so, if you want, can you just take a minute to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are, maybe a little bit about your background? You know, simple. You know, I played in the NBA, which means as a little boy, I had a vision of playing at a high level. I'm pretty good in all sports, but um, being from Chicago, basketball kind of rules Chicago, and um, it was a journey. And the, the incredible journey had ups and downs, twists and turns and injuries. It plays out like a movie, but I was able to fulfill a dream. And now as a Hall of Fame speaker, I've been able to live and fulfill two dreams. And so really I'm on a mission to kind of help people live their dream. You know, whether it's real estate, whether it's um, just small business, whether it's corporate, doesn't matter. You know, a dream is a dream. And I think there's certain fundamentals that we all must execute in order to get to the pinnacle of our industry. And so no matter who I'm speaking to, um, this past week, I spoke in front of 6,000 network marketers and I was able to tell them, like, look, those of you in this room who execute the fundamentals of network marketing are going to go to the top of the food chain. So it really doesn't matter the industry, whatever industry you're in, you got to learn the fundamentals, but you must master the fundamentals of those industries. Yeah, I think that's huge for us in real estate. I think, you know, marketing sales and operations. I always talk about that on this podcast and everything that we do. It's it really any business is about that. You got to get yourself, get some leads. You got to make a sale and then you got to fulfill that order. Whether it's a, you're running a bakery, you're running a donut shop, you're running a car lot or you're in real estate. I mean, we, we operate in housing and, and moving houses, fixing them up and renovating and reselling them or flipping contracts. And, but it's all about the people. It's all about the relationships. It's about the fundamentals. It's about making sure that you're really strong operationally and you have the foundation in place to do business. Exactly. And, and at the end of the day though, there's nothing better than a coach to teach you fundamentals, you know, and I've never seen an athlete reach their potential who didn't master the fundamentals of their industry. So I don't care if it's football, Tom Brady has mastered the fundamentals of being a quarterback. 
you know, you can go down the list. You know, Lynn Swan mastered the fundamentals of being a wide receiver. You know, baseball, Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth. And, you know, so in sports, it's clear. I don't care how talented you are, you still have to master the fundamentals to reach your potential. And so when I left sports and got into business, uh, Bill, it was very easy that, one, I need coaching. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two, I need those coaches to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do right. And again, that's the formula. And it's worked in two different industries. So I'm convinced that that if you can master the fundamentals and get good mentors, good coaching, that have expertise in this industry, you know, it's almost like a a a, a, a formula that you can't lose with. You know, and my college basketball coach played in the NBA himself. So he knew what it took to play in the NBA. When I got into the speaking business, all of my mentors were Hall of Fame speakers. I just didn't grab anybody. All of my mentors, every last one of them, are Hall of Fame speakers. And so what they taught me, they had been there, they had done that. So anybody in real estate, you know, get you a coach that's been there, that's doing what you want to do. And that's the greatest way to be successful. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I followed that same path, you know, the mentors, you know, joined in this program four years ago and kind of following that path and, and seeing the people that have come kind of after me and have followed that same uh, profile, mastered the fundamentals, done the things like the uncomfortable things that you, you won't do on your own. You know, you're, you're, it's, it's not something a lot of times people start these businesses or even in real estate or anything else. And they do these little things that they think is moving the needle and making them successful when it's a business card or starting an LLC or doing all these things. Cause they don't want to get in the uncomfortable world of actually making an offer, knocking on a door, or having a conversation with a things like that. So, um, I really, I think a lot of times just seeing somebody blaze that trail before you is the motivation that you need. What about like, what about the drive and the, and the need? Like you played in the NBA. I was, I played sports in high school. I was, uh, I played soccer, but I played soccer in college, but I wasn't a professional athlete or anything like that. Like, do you think that people to hit a high level of, like they got to really want to do it, have that drive, have that why behind them? Well, that's one thing that the coach can't provide. You know, my college coach always said like, look, man, we can't bring the effort. You got to bring that. But if you bring the want to, if you bring the effort, we can do everything else. And so you're right. Each individual has their own will. And if you want to be the best in real estate, if you want to be the best in sports, if you want to be the best in music, if that is your driver, you know, and you get a good coach, again, it's almost like a foolproof formula. But one thing a coach can't do is bring the drive. But if you provide the energy, if you provide the drive, typically a good coach and a good mentor can do the rest. Yeah, I agree. I've been building out this video series now for for something that we're creating. And the, the biggest thing I think is that kind of like, why are you doing this? You say that you want it, but when times get tough and it's really hard and you hit that wall and you start struggling, like you got to reach back into that. Why? If it's not powerful, if it's not strong, if you don't know what you're doing or why you want to do it, you're just going to quit. You're going you're gonna to fall down. You're not going to want to get back up. You're just going to quit, you know? And I'm sure you've seen that in, in basketball and, uh, and growing up and things is you, if you didn't really want to be in the NBA, there's plenty of times where you could have just quit. Well, you know, I give the analogy in school. Like if you really wanted that, if you really wanted that, 
there was nothing stopping any of us from getting an A. I mean, they gave us a textbook, which we could read at any moment. Mm -hmm. They let us know when the test was coming. And so what really separated students way back in the day was that want to, that effort. The A students got the A because they wanted the A. They set their intentions on getting the A. The C student, which unfortunately to this day, this world is full of average people. You know, I do a lot of work in corporate America. 60% of professionals in corporate America are what, we, are what we call average, when they don't have to be average. You know, I was silly in middle school and high school. I was silly in college, but as a grown man, there's no excuse for me, for me not to get A's. You know, with all the information out here, you know, in life, I should be able to get an A. And I think anyone listening to this podcast today, if you want it bad enough with the internet, are you kidding me? You can get an A, right? But you got to bring the effort and you got to bring the desire. But most importantly, you got to make sure you get good quality coaching, right? You know, when we grew up, you know, you wanted to send your kids to the best schools. And I'm a Chicago kid. Man, some of those schools, <laughs> you didn't want to send your kid to any old school. You wanted the best teachers. You wanted the best curriculum. You wanted the best environment because that's how we become successful. But the one thing you can't do it's to be in a position where you don't take advantage of an opportunity. You know, where you're at the best schools, you're getting the expert coaching, and then you don't take advantage of it. And so, for some reason, a lot of people that way. And sometimes when you see an opportunity, you know, you got to take advantage of it. And that's what life's all about. And I think that I've been successful because I try my best to fully exhaust every opportunity I get. And we just got... You know, we just booked one of our biggest deals ever, and it just came from going to dinner with the right guy. You know, I invited the right guy to dinner, and the right guy at dinner gave me an offer that blew my wife and I away. We kicked each other under the table, like, can you believe what we're hearing? And so life is about opportunity, but you got to be ready when that opportunity strikes. Yeah, I like that. Like, be be open for those opportunities when they're presented to you. You know, be ready to accept them and receive them, and and realize when they're there. You know, one thing you mentioned is a quality coaching, and I, I'm kind of remind, reminding you know you're you're an athlete. I'm going back to kind of my uh, my high school soccer team. My high school soccer team was one of the best. We moved to Maryland when I was a kid uh, for the schools. My parents wanted to bring me to really good schools. We moved to Maryland, and the soccer programs there were just incredible, like the nation's top soccer programs, and we had a coach at my school. Um, so I went to a school it's called Centennial High School in Howard County, Maryland. Howard County is a pretty well-known soccer program in the Northeast. And I went to the school Centennial and I, I wanted to get on the varsity soccer team. I've been playing soccer since I was four years old. I love the sport. I played, you know, in the fall and the spring and tried out for the team. I made the JV team and then eventually kind of moved up to the varsity team. We had, um, we were the number three school in the nation for high school soccer that we won the state championship every year. The coach was the coach that everybody wanted to come to Centennial and be coached by this guy. His name was Bill Stara. He was one of my, you know, one of my mentors at that time for soccer. And after two years, so there, the guys that were playing all went to the MLS. We had a lot of guys that went straight. There was a program called, uh, um, uh, uh, college 40. It was like the top 40 kids could go straight to the MLS, kind of skip uh, a couple years of college. And we had all these seniors and I knew that my junior year, I would not play my senior year. They would all leave. So all these good players. So I'd be on the ride, the bench for years. I played there for two years. And then this coach, Bill Stara, he went to another school. There was this new school that started. It was called River Hill high school. And he said, you know what, I'm going to go over there and coach there. 
and it was a technology magnet program. So you could apply to get a uh, spot at the school, even though you weren't in the district. So I got this tech magnet spot and I went to play with him and we didn't have any seniors my junior year of high school. It was just freshmen, sophomore and juniors, no seniors. I was the first graduating class. I was a junior the first year and we lost the state championship that year. So we got second in the state, but the year after we won the state championship, we beat the other school um, my senior year. It was just, it was incredible to see that a, he could move schools and have all these like all these professional at like future professional athletes, right? They were still in high school. They went on to play in the MLS and pro. And he took this program from like nothing to, and kids that we, we, we didn't have the most talented team like they had, uh, but we rolled over there and just beat him because it was, it was the mentor that we had. It was the coach. It was what he could pull out of the potential of those uh, students, which is incredible. Well, Bill, I'm going to say this, man, what a great story, right? That I think you should tell. But more importantly, it shows the value of a coach. I mean, he went to a brand new school with no soccer program at that level, and instantly it became a top program. Why? Because of great coaching, and two, great coaches attract the right people. Now, who doesn't want to play for a great coach? And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, sometimes we think coaching and mentorship is for young people. You know, we think it's for high school kids and, oh, I need a mentor in college. And, oh, you know, young adults need mentors. I really believe that everyone should have a mentor. I really believe that. And I think that we all should have a mentor or a coach. And I think we all should be mentored and be coached. And that's one great way to stay confident. But it's also a great way to stay humble. Because no matter how good we think we are, there's always someone better. You know, I got a call from Les Brown about a year ago. You know, Les Brown is the patriarch of motivational speaking, and it was emotional for me. You know, here I am, 50-year-old man, right, in all accounts, a successful speaker, but when Les Brown calls you and say, says he's proud of you and that you're doing a great job, you're special, keep up the work, that literally got emotional. I saved the message. Okay, that's how, how, how much it meant to me. So my, my, my point is, we all need to be mentored and we all need to mentor others. Again, it's a great way to stay confident, but it's also a great way to stay humble, which I think is a perfect place to be to keep getting better. Yeah, I totally agree. No doubt about it. I mean, I have coaches and mentors, you know, when I joined seven figure flipping four years ago and got my business off the ground and started making a return and seeing what that could do for me. I mean, I was skeptical four years ago, you know, I'm, I'm not very easily swayed to spend that kind of money to join a program. And I'm very logical decision maker. I, I'm a bean counter. I'm an engineer. Um, all that stuff for me, you know, that was a big decision for me at the time. And to see the return that I got on that investment at this point, running a, a company that we should do about $3 million in profit this year, is just amazing to see that was like, you, you mentioned that opportunity. Like I had the opportunity to say yes or no at that point. This opportunity presented itself. I said, this sounds like something I could really do well in, but I had the drive. I had the want to do it. I knew that I could do well. And, you know, I took, I took advantage of it. And one thing you mentioned a little bit ago was um, to really, you got to really like use it. You got to, you made that investment. What are you going to do with it? It's like, I, I relate this a lot of times to going to the gym. Like you pay for a gym membership and you don't go and you just want to get really big. Like, 
if you want to get big, you got to go use the gym. And so what we see a lot of times is people will, will take on these mentors or make this investment in a program, but not actually spend the time doing it. I mean, you had to put in the reps to get to the NBA. You're probably doing multiple practices every day. You're going to the coaches. You're, you're, I mean, I remember you telling a story last year of going in there and saying, Hey coach, I want to get to the NBA. How do I get to the NBA? Like, what do I need to do to play in the NBA? And he's not pushing you. You're pushing yourself too. Like it's, it, it happens in harmony, right? Well, I had that conversation every year with my college coach and every year he gave me feedback and every year I went and worked on my feedback and got closer. But you just said something powerful. I drove the relationship. I was the one that was hungry. You know, I was the one that wanted to get there. So it was up to me to pull on him and his experience and to pull on his know-how and to pull on his relationships, whatever resource he had. It was my job to pull on him. And ironically, when I made the Utah Jazz, I played for a guy named Jerry Sloan, which happened to be his roommate and teammate in the NBA. So sometimes when you have the right mentor, not only will they teach you and coach you, a lot of times they get, you get access to all their resources. You know, I coach and mentor a lot of speakers. It's not like if they ask me for help, I'm not going to connect them with my web person and we're not going to connect them to our marketing person and we're not going to connect them to the person who helped us build our social media campaigns. You know, when you connect to somebody and you mentor and coach them, you have a vested interest in their success. And that's the beauty of coaching. And I don't care who you are. The one thing that people don't realize is that we all need support. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how talented you are. And here's my point. Tiger Woods fell apart when his dad died. I don't care what anybody says. And he's been really struggling to regain his former self. Not because he's not good anymore. And they want to blame it on his back. They want to blame it on his knee. I believe when he lost his support, he lost that one person that he can talk to, that he can call on, that can encourage him, that can build his confidence, that, that has no other motive. You know, I'm not tweeting this so I can go get me a book deal. You know, I'm not taking this picture because I'm going to sue you later. No, this is daddy, right? And you talk about your dad, Bill, and you've heard me talk about my dad, all the dads out here. You know, most dads have no ulterior motives other than they just want their son to be successful. And Tiger Woods, in my opinion, began to struggle because he's lost his support. Michael Jordan, dad tragically, you know, died, mysteriously died. And next thing I know, he's playing baseball. You know, and it was just kind of random that the greatest basketball player in the world made a decision to go and play baseball. Now, I don't know this, but something tells me that that was some kind of way to honor or to pay tribute to his father. Maybe his father said, man, you should have been a baseball player. Or maybe his father loved baseball. Trust me, there was some reason why the greatest basketball player in our lifetime, in the prime of his career, after his father died, made a somewhat odd decision to go and play Major League Baseball. He didn't have enough time to become a pro at that level. You understand? Mm -hmm. Now, he wised up and he came back to basketball, but he too lost his support. So I think the lesson I take home from that, I don't care if you're a grown man or a little boy, we all need to be supported by people who care about us and root for us and want the best for us. And that's how important coaching is to me. And that's why my book, Swim, that just came out, we talk about the mentoring impact of a shark and a sucker fish. We've sold out of this book 
Bill, every event we've done since we launched the book, literally, we've sold out because the audience realizes like, you know what? He's right. I need a coach. And so reading the book, you learn about mentoring, you learn about coaching, but most important, you learn how to be a shark. Well, hey, I'm glad you mentioned that because I do want to trans. So look, it's sold out. I got one right here with me. So if you guys are on the video, you can see I'm holding it up. And I, I want to kind of talk about this book a little bit, um, if you're if you're willing to, um, sure. because you know, reading it, you know, I, before you came out to the first event, um, I read your first book, and then before this one, um, I wanted to make sure that before you came on the podcast, I read this thing cover to cover. Um, I actually ordered it uh, pre-sale, and it showed up at my house the day you launched it, which is awesome. So. Um, I got to read it. I really enjoyed it. And there's one story in there that kind of, um, that I pulled out of it and that, that I wanted to kind of talk about because I feel like it shows a lot of what you're talking about is like that support. So, um, I don't, so, uh, it's the, it's when the AC tech is like screws up, right? He, he messes up the insulation of this and I'm not going to give away the plot of this book. You guys all need to go buy it and read it. It will change the way that you go about your life and your business. It's just a phenomenal book to read and concept is incredible. Um, but he basically, um, misinstalled an air conditioning unit and this air conditioner leaked all over their house and they had to replace the flooring and they had contractors in there and he came in to his mentor and he thought he was going to get fired for this. Right. And so he's like, he's worried he's going to get fired and he didn't fire him. He actually said, get in the car. They got in the truck. Everybody from the whole entire air conditioning company is in a truck. They drive to this person's house with all of the other techs standing behind him and his mentor, uh, the shark, right? And they go in and he has to, he apologizes for what he did. And he said, you know what? I, I want to take responsibility, take ownership for this. I did it. We're going to make this right. We're going to pay for all of this. And then everybody behind him kind of shouted out that they're supporting him. Hey, he's a great AC tech. He's learning. He's new. He's newer to this. He made a mistake. Uh, you know, and I think there's a lot of, things that we can pull out of that, that I use in my life and my experience, but it's okay to make a mistake, you know, but owning up to it, having the support system there, having everybody behind you where you feel like, you know, they have your back. So a lot of that stuff came out in this, just this like two pages of this book that really moved me when I read it. Well, you know, swim is, it's a book that that's a business book, but it reads like a great movie. And it has a bunch of twists and turns. We have some great plots. We have some great main characters. But you just talked about a character building moment that mentors will take you through. You made a mistake, be accountable, and just go fix it. You know, I'm a man of faith. You know, when Adam sinned against God, the one thing that angered God was not the sin. It was Adam making excuses. It's that woman you sent to me. In one sentence, Adam threw his woman under the bus and he threw God under the bus in one sentence. And all God wanted to hear was my fault, my bad, right? And in the context of the book, you know, the character says, and it's taught that it's okay to be accountable. It's okay to say my fault, my bad. You are a good technician. You are a good mom. You are a good dad. You might have said the wrong thing today. But that one moment does not devalue your body of work. And the reality is we're all imperfect. You know, if we're sitting around here. And I had a best friend. I never told this. I don't even talk about it publicly. I had a best friend commit suicide. Right? 
the best man at my wedding committed suicide and he was a military guy. When I look back on it, Bill, he was a perfectionist. I never saw him where his hair was not perfect. I never saw his dorm room that it didn't look completely kept as if the first day he got it delivered. From, who does that in college? What? College not me. Boys? I'll tell you that. Not me. The bed is messy. It's underwear on the floor. I mean, he was spotless. I never saw one wrinkle in his clothes. I never, I mean, he, he was a perfectionist, which in essence is abusive. When you are a perfectionist, you're not abusing your spouse. You're not abusing your kids. You're abusing yourself. To even demand that out of yourself is abusive. And my buddy, when I thought about it, and I mourned to death, I realized that he was abusing himself by having this expectation of being perfect. So anybody listening today, I'm not saying it's okay to go out here and screw up and make mistakes because you're not perfect. What I am saying is that don't put so much pressure on yourself that you got to be perfect. And when you make that mistake, you can't forgive you. I mean, my buddy killed himself because he was a perfectionist. He made a mistake and he couldn't forgive himself. He couldn't let himself off the hook. And that's something that hit really close to home. That's something that just dug deep. And my daughter was born like two days later. And so on the, on the eve of my wife and I bringing in our second child, my best friend committed suicide. And it all goes back to him not being able to forgive himself and having this unrealistic expectation of perfection. And here's my saying that a buddy of mine shared with me. I don't know if his original statement, his name is Stephen Bardot. He's a, a college basketball announcer. He said, Walter, life is messy, so bring paper towels. And I'm not saying to go out and make a mess, but when you make a mess, just go and clean it up. It's okay. We all make messes. It might be a little spilled milk, right? It might be a bunch of red wine on the carpet. It could be a relationship. It could be a a moment I got angry, it could be anything. We all make mistakes, and I know God will forgive us. But the biggest thing I see out of perfectionists, sometimes they can't forgive themselves. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. I appreciate you sharing that story with us, so especially since uh, you know I haven't heard it uh, from stage. I've seen you on stage a couple times, and, uh, and and frankly, anytime you're speaking somewhere, if I got time, I'm going to go watch. Um, but it's a uh, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I find myself, I'm really hard on myself. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know that I, I'm a perf perfectionist, but I really do want to make sure that I operate at the highest level possible that I can. And, um, and every time I make a mistake, I just, my whole goal is to make sure that I don't make the same one again. I learn from it. I make, I, I don't, I don't make it again. And then I share it with all the people that I might be able to help avoid make that same mistake. So, you know, as a, as a flight instructor, I talk about this every now and then is I tell my students that I fly with, we fly with the same student over and over again until they go solo. I say, guys, make every mistake that you can with me because I want to see you make the mistake. If you make it twice, I'm going to get upset. Make the same one over and over again. I'm going to start being upset with you. But if you make a mistake, that's what I want you to do. So you don't, you make them all before you go on your check ride with another pilot before they say that this guy's safe to go solo because 
you're going to make mistakes. It's okay. Like we all do, even me included. I'm sure you do in your business. I mean, we make a mistake. It might cost me some money, but that's what I love about the group that we have is we share those mistakes with everybody else. So they don't make them right after us. Like don't go make a mistake just like I did. Here's the lesson. Here's what I learned from it. Learn shortcut your, your path to success by not making the same mistakes that I made over and over again. Well said. I don't, I don't need to add anything to that. That was well said. So let's do this. Uh, so we talked about the book. We talked about swim. You spoke at flip hacking live last year. Everybody that was there. I, hey, you know what? I don't think you know this, but somebody right after that event sent me this. It's a, it's a coffee mug. It sits right here on my desk. I actually talked about it on a podcast about uh, a month ago, but it says, uh, it says, pick me up, daddy. He wants to see the world like you see it. Walter Bond, wow. a wow. quote from you. And then it's got a picture of me, my wife, and my oldest son, Will, oh. at, at Disney. And it sits right here on my desk. Um, they, did, they don't know that I don't drink coffee, um, but it sits right here. I look at it every day. And that, that line from you of like why we pick our kids up, um, it moved me to the point that I was just, I mean, I was a nearly 40-year-old guy crying um, in, the, in the audience that day because, you know, I got three little boys and they always, every morning they run to me with their hands out. And it's just, it's so incredible. I, I, abs I abs this is one of my favorite things that I own and it's got your name and your quote on it, which um, it means a lot to me. And I appreciate you sharing that, that message with us, that story and everything. It's just amazing. Love it. That's the metaphor, you know, of fatherhood and, 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 and being a parent. And our job is to gently meet our kids on their level and then slowly change their perspective. And that's the metaphor, pick me up, daddy. And, and any leader, it doesn't have to be your own child. That's your job to kind of connect with that person on their level. And once you make that connection, to gently elevate their thinking to gently elevate their vision, to gently elevate their sight until they see it the way you see it. You know, there's a lot of real estate people out here who they'll tell you, oh my God, I can't see myself being a multimillionaire, right? And a good mentor will give them the courage. When you encourage someone, you actually put courage inside them. Think about that. To encourage means that you're going to put courage in them. I didn't want to go for the NBA. I had given up, but my dad put courage in me by encouraging me to go for it. And that's what a good leader will do. That's what a good mentor will do. They'll give you that slight push. You know, they'll, they'll make that demand and say, hey, come on, you can do it. You know, when our kids begin to walk as toddlers, when they start walking, you know, they're going to stumble. You know, they might even fall. What parent's going to say, oh, my God, stay down, stay down. Mm -hmm. We tell a kid to get back up and encourage him to keep walking. What changes about life? It shouldn't be any different that you're trying to walk through high school, encourage them when they fall down. They're trying to walk through college, encourage them when they fall down. When they get married and become grown men and adults, encourage them and women and wives and moms and business people. Come on, we're going to fall down. But you got to get back up. And that's the, that's the metaphor that I think God gave us for years as parents that sometimes we forget when our little ones become adults. <laughs> you know, if our kid fell down as a toddler, we wouldn't get angry, right? We wouldn't get mad at him. Wow, we would be like, oh, we'd have compassion, we'd feel for him, we'd support him, and we'd encourage him until they get command and master the fundamental of walking. That's the metaphor that I think every parent and every leader should keep at the forefront of their brain. Our job is to support them, 
encourage them, and to gently change their perspective. I love that. Yeah, I need to keep that in mind. I think a lot of times, you know, I, I have trouble with that. Even my five-year-old, I got to take him back to when he was one or two years old because I'm tough on him, I feel like. And my wife always looks at me and says, why are you so hard on him? He doesn't know. And uh, so I'm going to take that. I'm going to re-listen to that again uh, here after this. And uh, I'm going to give my kids a, a bigger hug today than they've had yesterday. So um, so you're going to come out to Flip Hacking Live this year and speak with us again, right? If I'm welcome. You are. I mean, if I'm welcome, man, of I'm going to come out there. And, um, you know, here's the good news. I, I, I've been still practicing since the last time I was with you. So when I come back a second time, I should be a little bit better than <laughs> I was last time, right? And that's what it's all about, getting bigger, stronger, and faster. I'm an athlete. I'm an obsessed with improvement, personal improvement. And my expectation is to have a bigger impact this year than I did the last time. I love that. And if that's possible, if it's even possible, I would love that. So, I mean, I know last year there's so many people that reached out to me after the event and just said, you know what, like Walter's presentation was one of the best I've ever heard. It's, it's incredible. I've heard, I told you, I told everybody on stage, I've heard a bunch of generals and admirals and very high, you know, high staff military people. I've been to lots of events and your presentation was my, the best I've heard hands down. Like it's just incredible. Thank you, Incredible. Uh, so now that, you know, I own the company, uh, I'm running the show, I'm hiring the, the people that come in, of course, you're coming back again. And I'm really excited to, you know, the biggest thing for me about this event is I want to put the people on stage and let them share their message and share what they're doing and make an impact on the people that come through the doors. So I want them to walk out better than they came in, right? So that's the only thing that I care about. And I know that, you know, spending some time with you uh, on stage, there's no doubt that even just this one presentation will change the path, change their future, uh, change who they are as an individual and a person. And I'm really excited to see what you have in store for us because I know that we've been working together to prepare for this event. And I think it's going to be our best as well. I've been practicing the last year. I've been working. I've been working on this for over seven months now to figure out what the program looks like and what we're going to talk about and present to everybody. So I can't wait. I'm really excited. Well, you know, one thing I'll say, Bill, is I'm a Chicago kid and I have a really good read on people and the moment I met you I knew you were a good guy genuine guy and I expect this conference to be amazing because it's going to be all truth you know I mean when you when you're preaching the truth and you're sincere about it the audience is going to feel it and so the biggest compliment I get which still baffled me to this day you know people come to me and says Walter Bond you're real and a part of me is like, that should not be a compliment. Isn't everybody real? I guess not. I guess not. I guess everyone is not genuine. I guess everyone is not honest and authentic and real. You know, I've been successful, but I failed too. And so I got nothing to hide. I'm not ashamed of anything. So what, why should not be real? You know, for me, not being real means I'm really at a subconscious level saying something's wrong with me. I don't think anything's wrong with me. I love the successful part of me. I love the imperfect part of me, right? I, I love the obsessive part of me. I love that I'm not perfect, right? And I'm comfortable in my own skin. And so as a result, I'm able to be real. I'm able to be authentic. And I wanna encourage everyone, there's nothing wrong with you. There's no reason why you can't be real. There's no reason why you can't be authentic. Let people know what you don't know. Let people know you're afraid, you're scared, you're depressed, you're concerned. Because the truth will set you free. 
And so we're looking for real people to come off the flip hacking that want to be real about real estate, that are real about where they are in their development, because life is a journey. You know, people, hey, hey, man, you're so good. Here's my attitude. I should be good. I've been doing this for two decades. Okay? I I've been working hard for two decades. I've been practicing for two decades. I've been making two decades worth of mistakes. Yep. <laughs> right? So there's no reason why I shouldn't be good. There's no reason why I couldn't coach another speaker on how to be dynamic on the platform and how to write a book and how to grow a business. My wife and I, we've been doing this for two decades. So I should be good at what I do. And, and, and that's just my mindset. That's my mentality. But I'm always trying to get better. Yeah. I love I that you, I love, up. I love that you brought up authenticity because you know, it's just two days ago, I put, I posted a, a video of me in our six and seven figure group about being authentic and not, not just talking about the wins that you guys are experiencing in our mastermind group, but also sharing the struggles that you're having, the mindset blocks, the, the limiting beliefs that you have, like what's stopping you from growing to that next level or what do you want to accomplish and, and share the, the, the issues that you have, the problems, all the, all the mistakes, everything like don't, it's not just a place to post your wins and all the things that you're doing well in our mastermind group. It's about coming together as a community and making sure that we support each other in the wins and the losses when we're struggling even more than when we're winning. So people are sometimes afraid to share that uh, issue that they're having or the mistake that they made or those things. It's like they feel like uh, nobody else is like that. And it, it was a church service for me in Acts when we went through that where it's just, hey, once you raise your hand and say, I made this mistake, I, I have this problem, there's 20 other people that raise their hand and say, me too. Like, thank you so much for being open and honest about it. So if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in the six or seven figure mastermind group, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not, uh, you know, you can find your support system. It's, that's what we are. It's a huge support network for us. But at Flip Hacking Live, we're going to have the real stuff. We're going to have the wins. We're going to have the loss. We're going to show you how to do what we're doing. Like, it's just, there's, we're real. Just like you said, it's all, it's, it's us being real. No, we don't hold anything back. It's not, here's half the information. You can buy the other half. It's you come to this event, you're going to get 100% from each and every speaker that puts on, that goes up on stage. You get it all. It's, we're not holding things back. We open up the doors to our business. It's called flip hacking live for a reason. Like you are hacking the systems of the pros that are flipping houses and wholesaling houses right now. So uh, come out and see us. I know Walter's going to be there. I mean, you and I, we could talk for another hour. We got to cut this thing off. So let, come to the event. I, I don't want Walter to share every, all the wisdom, all the knowledge that he's got. Uh, he'll share it all with you on stage at Flip Hacking Live, October 10th through the 12th. It's in San Diego, um, Hilton Bayfront Hotel. Um, Walter will be there. He'll be, you know, hanging around. He'll be, he'll be with us. Um, and we talked about his book. It's called Swim, uh, How a Shark, a Sucker Fish, and a Parasite Teach You Leadership, Mentoring, and Next Level Success uh, by Walter Bond. So, guys, pick it up, order it right now, get it shipped to your house. I'm sure it's on Amazon and the bookstores, all that stuff. So, pick up your copy, bring it with you. Maybe I can twist Walter's arm to, uh, to sign a couple of them and hang out with us and take some pictures and stuff. Love it, Bill. Can't wait to be with you guys in uh, San Diego. And again, you know, our job is just to deliver an amazing conference. And I'm honored that you thought enough of me to bring me back a second time for me, which is an ultimate compliment. And so I promise you, I promise you this, I'm going to be better than I was last time. 
Oh, you hear that. You heard it right here on the podcast. So, hey, look, don't wait to get your tickets. Go to fliphackinglive.com. I'll tell you right now, Walter's presentation alone will be worth 10 times the ticket price. So um, just getting in the door, seeing him speak, and then you got 20 other speakers that are going to come on and show you their business. So um, incredible mindset, motivation, kind of drive to succeed. This presentation will be like nothing you've ever heard. I promise you that. So, and uh, you won't, I, you don't want to miss it. I'm telling you right now, it's going to sell Boom. out. I promise you we'll sell Boom. out. So fliphackinglive.com, get your ticket. Uh, Walter, thank you so much for taking the time. I know your time's valuable. I really appreciate you spending the time with us on the podcast. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. I'll see you soon. I can't wait. And say, say hi to Antoinette for me. Will do. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the House Flipping HQ podcast with Bill Allen. If you haven't gotten your tickets to Flip Hacking Live to see our guests live on stage sharing all of their systems and secrets, make sure you go to fliphackinglive.com before tickets are sold out. This is an event you can't miss. We'll see you in San Diego.